That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nelson Media. Alongside for the ride is a man that turned his back on the family, JC. Well, you know why? It's because I have adrenaline in my soul. Something, something, Cody Rhodes. Whoa! Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's not It's not really a Cody song until everybody goes, whoa! Yeah, yeah. It's true, Nelson It's funny. So, uh, it's, hold on, I just want to say real quickly. He changed one Whoa! For another, oh! In his song, it's just it's interesting. Yeah, that's his thing. So, we had wrestling this week, so uh, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I Let's that- get ready to rumble. I love that he started off Monday, but we'll we'll get to that at some point. But like the fact that he started Monday's promo off with the uh, with that, like, just made me oh, giggle. It's- it's just, what do you guys want to talk about? The night after he wins the title, whenever that is, he'll do the same thing. And, you know, it just, it's, uh, that's the thing. Co- Cody, Cody understands what to do. You know, we'll get to that. But I guess, I mean, I guess we kind of start with that too, because uh, it kicked off the Royal Rumble. Uh, and one of the first surprises of the weekend is the men's Royal Rumble was the first thing on the pay-per-view. And uh, obviously, Nestlemania, there was a lot of things that went uh, went on in this match. Obviously, the, the headline is Cody winning, coming in at number 30. Allegedly just got cleared that day, so that was awesome. But uh, there was a lot of like other big moments in here, especially uh, one Gunther coming out at number one and uh, coming in second place. Uh, look, he went he went bell to bell, so I think this was 71 minutes or something like that. He, he now owns the record for doing pretty much... I, just for the time being. And, and that was the other thing. So full disclosure, JC and Nestlemania and a c- bunch of others, our boy Ben, our boy Billy, and then fuck nuts, uh, what's his name, Doc? He, uh, you know, he was in there too, who gives a shit. But <laughs> anyway, we were watching the Rumble and, you know, JC looked at me and we were saying, this Rumble feels way too long. Like, and then you had reminded me that that's just the way it was. But I couldn't help like it went longer just so he could get the record. Well, and yeah, it's just, I feel like it's, a lot of the times with these rumbles, because like you always talk about, like I mean, you especially point out in the women's and stuff, but it's just like they're never like clean because they're sloppy because it's a bunch of people laying in the rain, and it's just the appeal of the rumble is just that you have a countdown, you don't know who's going to come out, and the excitement, and then you get a few cool spots like the Ricochet Logan Paul stuff, which we'll talk about, but it just it's never really like been like an actually good wrestling match, so they always do it seems every year to have a little bit of wrestling at the end, whether it's between three people or they let the four go for a little while. But this year it was pretty much, they gave Cody and Gunther like a one-on-one match for like 10 minutes, which like at that point, like it's, we're looking at this and we're like, we know Cody's going to win, which is awesome. And you know, the crowd's going to pop either way, but it's just like, we were like, it's going to be a lot of nightlights, hurry this up. But it's just like, they clearly triple H has his guys and these are going to be two of his guys. And I think he wanted to showcase them. And I think he really, Wanted to set up Gunther, Gunther big. He obviously had the big stare down with Brock during it to tease a future match there, whether that's WrestleMania or further down the road. But it just 
what I looked at this as by having Gunther do what it did is it clicked in my mind that I think they're telling us that he might be the one to the throne Cody when that time comes. So it's just like, I felt this was grooming him to show that this is probably like, this is the next crop of top guys. Like in the post Roman era, we're looking at Cody, but then the big bad heel that's going to rise up clearly seems to be Gunther. And I mean, I think he's proved he's ready. I think everyone who wasn't a fan of him before at least respects him. If not, has become fans of him now. I I'm definitely not a fan of the, the slaps. I mean, you know, Hey, it's just, it's hard, but when you sit there and you're like, all he does, I mean, clearly he can wrestle. That's not that's not my negative point about this entire thing. He's clearly a very good wrestler. Um, he fits the mold of the old school heel. He fits the mold of just not being able to be liked. Of course, he's not from the United States, so clearly he'll get booed most of the time. Uh, so there's a lot of check boxes, but the slapping thing really bothers me. Like, like, but that's his thing. I just don't want other people doing it. So, like, everybody's known as, like, a hard-hitting guy, but Gun- Gunther needs to be the hard-hitting guy going forward, I think. Yeah, and I think he is. I mean, obviously, like, you know, we see other people do it from here to here, but, like, Gunther's done his entire career. So it's sure. definitely a him thing. But uh, the other stuff in this match stood out. I mentioned Logan Paul and Ricochet. Obviously, Logan Paul was the only really big surprise in this match. He came in at 29. They teased a little thing with him and Seth Rollins, which, you know, we were kind of just, like, talking throughout the Rumble. Like, oh, man, we don't really know Seth's spot. And then the minute we saw Logan Paul, I'm like, that's probably the match. And, it's too- and then you saw a promo on Monday from Seth backstage. That clearly seems to be where they're going, whether it's that or a rumored mixed tag. Like, like, either way, I'm all for that. But him and Ricochet, the two little daredevils there on the other sides of the rings colliding in the middle, like that's a visual we will not soon forget. And it was probably definitely one of the true moments of the night. I did laugh on Twitter when somebody showed up uh, an elimination chamber from years ago with CM Punk and Kofi Kingston doing the exact same spot. So it was just like, oh, I've never seen that before. And then, of course, you've seen it before, but you forget if, you know, if it's been like 10, 15 years. However, still a very impressive spot. I would like to state, too, that there were a lot of things in here that were kind of like, okay, Dom Mysterio, even though Rey, mm. Rey Mysterio kind of got hurt, they still played it off pretty well. Uh, Edge coming back with the uh, unfinished business with the the uh, Judgment Day. There was a lot of little nuggets here and there setting up a lot of dominoes. Of course, Brock working three minutes for $30 million or whatever hey, the hell he's doing. We knew it, too. So, we knew Brock, and I was like, Lashley's next. Yeah. Get it done, get him out, and Boom. then let him do his thing. And poor yeah. Corbin got beat up and eliminated immediately, like, so there was a lot of there's a lot of moving parts here, but again, that's what we look forward to in the Royal Rumble is oh we didn't think of that oh we didn't you know like all that stuff happens and you get really excited about it so it's it's hard not to be excited because it's WrestleMania season, uh, but overall as a men's Royal Rumble I would say this didn't check a lot of boxes in terms of the surprises for me or the moments that I'll remember like I'll remember Cody winning, I'll remember Gunther going like the things we talked about. The three big things, like Cody winning, the yeah. Gunther Iron Man, and then the spot between Logan and Ricochet. Yeah, but which is fine. Yeah, they didn't. You're right. They didn't have the big surprises besides Logan Paul. We had the little one with Booker T. But the more I thought about, it, and I kind of said this last week, and I said like the last few years, like the majority of surprises come in the women's rumble because it's a much like thinner roster. Which this year there were still some, but not as many because their roster is a little more bulky. But the men's roster. Think of all the people that weren't in the Royal Rumble. You know, like Dolph Ziggler still wasn't in it. Like there, Ali like, Mustafa Ali yeah. wasn't in it. Like that. You can go down the list. Like there's a ton of guys that were nobody not in, in the bloodline not one and bloodline no bloodline guys obviously ko was in the match later so he wasn't in it um the street profits and judgment day got in there for tag teams and then gable and otis but besides that like no los otarios no vikings yeah. yeah 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 they didn't have representation so i mean and then even like the cedric alexander like someone who could do a few cool spots like it just it's so it's it's obviously a much different thing i don't think was xavier actually in the rumble or did he just come out with kofi 
I think he I was in like, it. I think he was in he it. He was in it? Okay. Yeah, could, yeah he, right, he might have been early. But obviously, The Miz got in, but like Loomis wasn't in it. He returned the next night. So that's something like I think that with their roster being as deep as it is, the more surprises you have, the more you sacrifice your actual guys that are going to be there 365, getting an opportunity to kind of show who they are to a larger audience. So. And I think it, for me, it's one of those things where, too, like if there's not going to be a surprise, I'd like to see more storytelling. And they did a good job. They did. But I thought there was a lot of stories. There was a lot of stories, but again, like now that there's so here's the thing. Now that there's two nights of WrestleMania, I feel like you could tease a lot more stuff because we're gonna get what 14 to 18 matches or 20 probably at the, by the end of it. I just I, I thought that the, as, as much as it was a good Royal Rumble, I don't think it was a Royal Rumble that I'm going to stand the test of time and be like, it's 92, it's it's Brock and, and Mac. You know, like those ones are gonna be the ones that I I definitely will watch over yeah, and over this again. One, this one was definitely formulaic because they had a plan of like very deliberate, like we're going to make Gunther look awesome. Everyone knows Cody's going to win. Even in the women's, like I thought that was pretty formulaic. I thought both rumbles were formulaic, but at the end of the day, they're still rumbles. So we were excited for them. But in terms of like on the pantheon of rumbles, they're not going to be like top tier, but I think as an overall pay-per-view, like we can continue to talk about this, I thought it was a pretty solid pay-per-view and most people were very pleased with it. So. Okay, so let's move on to the next thing. Uh, I forget exactly where we were. Was it the pitch black? Was it right after that? Oh, the pitch black match, yep. which I'm going to now call the light bright match. I mean, look, why I honestly, the only part I liked about it was LA Knight's glow in the dark gear. The rest of this shit, I could have taken or leave and it didn't do much for me. So it's hard for me because I do love Bray Wyatt and I do love the Gaga. Uh, but it harkened back to me for Batman Forever. I don't, I don't even know if you've watched Batman Forever, but there was a gang where there was Neon that where they had like a, you know, they, their home base was Neon and they had taken over. So all I kept thinking was that was what it was. It was just like nunchucks that were Neon and fucking lightsaber kendo sticks and all this shit. Like they just harkened back to Batman Forever. Uh, and then, of course, like you, 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 I listened to the press conference afterwards and I appreciated Bray saying like, look, I'm willing to try anything, even if it's good or bad. I'm willing to try anything. And so that's hard because in theory, that's great. You're going out on a limb, but then you're also, you're, you're doing things that need to happen differently. What are you laughing at? It's <laughs> a comment that I don't know if you can put on screen. <laughs> but no, no yeah, that no, match, no. honestly, it's, and we kind of talked about this too, because like I too, like I enjoy Bray for what he is, but I've always like, the reason why I've never put him like as a, one of my favorite guys like ever is because I understand that when the payoff comes, there's not too many Bray Wyatt payoffs that ever deliver because the way he is like so mysterious and all like the craziness is like all the theories, what actually happens will never live up to what you expect. And also like Bray in terms of a wrestler, he's very, his style is not very exciting. He doesn't do a lot of things. He's a decent storyteller in the rain, but he's not an elite one, which to match the gimmick, so to speak, because I think he's an elite storyteller, like period. But in terms of in the rain, it just, I think that's his weakest part in terms of storytelling, but it just, it always like comes up a little short. So again, and I have no problem with that because I enjoy the journey with Bray. Like we've been on this journey. What has he been back four or five months? This is his first match. So it's one of those things like he's a good thing week to week, but the payoffs, they never really live up. And I was kind of surprised this was a little bit of a squash because I thought uh, LA Knights looked awesome and they just kind of like beat him up, but he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, even our boy Joe, the uh, the backcracker, says, you know, Bray is a great storyteller, but his in-ring stuff is mid. I tend to agree, but I think the hardest part for me watching that, that Light Bright match was that, now I'm going to say that for instead of uh, yeah, the pitch black, the Light Bright. That's what it's called. Light Bright. Uh, so look, besides that would be, I didn't understand what the hell was going on at after the match. And I know that like the commentary can't really understand what's in the mind of Bray. And I'll, I'll forgive, like, L.A. Knight and the diving fucking howdy because he wore the fucking random mask. And, and, and like, I get it, 
but I'm waiting on Friday to see if I get an explanation. If I don't get an yeah, explanation of it, then I'm, then I'm, it's doing more harm than good because you can, the longer this goes without an explanation, the longer that you, you don't kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, give a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and let everybody in on it somehow, the longer this goes, the more chance I think it has in order as a viewer for everybody to just turn on him and just hate it. See, I, I, I like obviously in the past, like he's been a heel, so the crowd, whatever. But I still feel like people, like they, they're always gonna love the entrance because they love spectacle. It's the same reason. Sure. Like we'll talk about stuff with when we get a deeper dive into Cody later, and like guys, like there's just something about like if you give someone a presentation, like it usually uh, like enhances it immensely. And Bray, like that's the thing with him is like even though this was him probably closing the book on LA Night, it's like they always leave you with some sort of cliffhanger or explanation and kind of like, huh? And that's part of the reason why the payoffs don't always pay off is because he literally, like he's, it's the, his booking is the master of, well, now I got to tune in Friday to see the next thing. And then they're going to do like weeks and weeks and weeks and teaser till the next big high point. And then that one's going to have little Easter eggs and you're going to go weeks and weeks. It's like a never ending cycle with Bray. So it's just like, it's one of those things where it's, it can be really fun, but it, like you said, it can be frustrating too, because you're always just kind of like, ah, you edged me. Now what? <laughs> I think the hardest part was when he came out, uh, he went, like I told you guys, look, he's going around the corner and all the, all his characters are behind him in the dark and nobody said anything. Then they do the thing, the, the big crash at the end. It's like, did the mask that he was wearing overpower Uncle Howdy and send him through hell for a fire? Like, there's got to be something going on here. And then, of course, we can talk about the, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm talking out of order, but connection to Alexa Bliss. That's she the next match. So we can so, go there if you want. So we have that match. I thought it was fine, but it was, it was just, a good match. it was, it was, again, something I won't remember. Because I feel like a lot of it's just very similar. Uh, it's just hard. It's just hard because then she she loses, and then of course it's all about her and her playground, and they're kind of like you know, like you said, they're they're blue balling you for a while because you don't really know where this is going. And, and I think if you, I did appreciate that the press conference Bray was more like Wyndham and not necessarily Bray talking. And when someone asked him about Alexa Bliss saying like, "Oh, we'll always be tethered together, and we're gonna have to connect at some point when it, when it is, it's gonna be very special." But like I, I, like is it WrestleMania? Is that the moment? You know, like I, I, it's hard for me to watch. That's a tough one because we didn't get the answers to that on Monday. Obviously, there was no bliss, which I don't mind. But it just like, yeah. And I think the press conferences, like those, obviously we know AEW is more like very like the humans. This one felt like kind of like a hybrid because Rhea's felt like a lot of questions were like about her as a human as opposed to her character. But I mean, then. Cody Rhodes is just, I mean, Cody Rhodes like lives his character. Like I think, and like you hear like all his friends say like, Cody's always working, man. He's never, he never stops working. He knows everything he said is on purpose. Like he just like, even if it doesn't seem like that's Cody. So with him and then same with like Triple H, he's always, he's, I mean, he talked forever. Like a lot of the stuff is good, but the motherfucker doesn't shut up, but I still watch it all. But it's just like, so with Bray, it's one of those things. Like, I feel like, yes, but part of his character since he's come back to SmackDown is him acting like himself and fighting his so-and-so demon. So it just, it's, it's very interesting. And that's the part that keeps me interested is like, is his character work again? That's, that's what he is. But in terms of Alexa, I don't fucking know what we're doing here. I have no idea. I can't, I, I mean, Lily has I, to return, which I'm sure you're not a big fan of, but fuck that stupid doll. Okay. Well, uh, very quickly, our boy Joe says, uh, would Bray be best suited for working creative? I think not only because yes, he is a highly creative individual for himself, yeah, but then he also, translate. he would, uh, the thing that I would think of is he would be stifled and feel like, well, no one is taking my idea. And then after a while, you feel like nobody's listening to you. And then you feel like, you know, like a regular job, right? If nobody's listening to you or nobody's taking your ideas, eventually you feel like I don't want to be here anymore. So I feel like that'd be a quicker exit for him than anything else. 
Yeah, and I do think Triple H kind of said this. I think it was on the Hawani pod when uh, Bray first came back. He said, Bray's amazing. His ideas are amazing, but you can't just let him go crazy because he'll drive like it just won't. You need someone who can kind of like channel his awesomeness into a lane and make it make sense. And I mean, Triple H tr- clearly feels like he's someone who can do that, but I could see that definitely being a thing because Bray's like the ultimate of like that guy who's like awesome when you can kind of like harness it. But when you let him like roam free, I don't think anyone will understand it except for like true diehards. And that's not something you want. So I think. Him like in charge of something on his own would be a scary thought, but who knows? Maybe he could book a guy like Karrion Cross and make him interesting, you know? Maybe, maybe, baby. Uh, what's next? Uh, Women's Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. Like we mentioned, this was another one. The Iron Woman actually won this match, and Rhea Ripley, she came out at one. Liv Morgan came out at number two, WrestleMania, and the last two people left were Rhea and Liv Morgan. This was probably like, the fourth thing for me of the night that I'll remember is that finish with Asuka with the spray, and she misses Rhea and hits Liv. Liv's blind, and she's out there, and she almost gets Rhea off, but then you have the awesome uh, finish there for the elimination for Rhea for the big win. So I did think, I actually, in terms of like booking, I thought this one was booked better better um overall because i thought there was a lot of stuff in here we obviously had the surprises being chelsea green nia Jax at 30 even though she didn't have a countdown her music just hit uh piper niven returned as piper niven uh and then we had three nxt surprise entrants in roxanne who got a big pop at eight zoe stark who there was one man who popped and that was guthrie on his couch and then impressive <laughs> indy hartwell Woo! was in the rumble so yeah one of my four hopes. a lot of the surprise and stuff exactly there you go so uh, this one was I thought was a, uh, a lot of fun, and I really liked the finish, and I think they got a lot of the booking decisions right because those final three, obviously, I think are three big players for this, and uh, we'll talk more on Monday about uh, the final the other, the final five, what the other four get for it, which I thought was pretty cool. Too. Sure, sure. And uh, fuck you, Joe, for saying my hair looks just like uh, the same haircut as uh, Karen Cross. <laughs> if only my life was Karen Cross's life, you know? It'd be a lot easier. Ooh, that would be a pretty good life. Yeah, so, uh, you know, but I wouldn't trade my life for anything. It's great. Uh, moving on. So I I really did enjoy I thought the women's Royal Rumble was better than the men's Royal Rumble. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that much. I think that I'm so done with damage control that this, I'm glad that it kind of like, because we were looking at each other and we go, just send Becky out, get this thing going. Like, just... Because that's where, where we're headed and that's where we're going and whatever. But I'm curious your thoughts, JC, because it felt like, you know, Roxanne Perez did a great job. There were there were different people that, like, sprinkled in here that felt like, okay, they're giving a little bit more of a they're, – they're showing off the future a little bit more. Like, I felt like – and maybe, maybe it's because we talked about the women's roster is so weird right now where there is an influx of people – but there's a lot of you know question marks going forward, and they had Chelsea in there, they had Roxy, they had Zoe Stark, they had all these other randoms that were great that we wanted to see and we were surprised by Indy Hartwell specifically. But how do you how do you think like any of these people getting called up soon? Is this just a, well, a, a thank you for all your hard work kind of scenario? I think what they told us with Zoe and Indy is like those two are kind of like I think I think we agree both of those have done everything they can do in NXT. Um, Indy might be part of my hope later. There is a little tease. Um, but I think of those two in particular it was like these two are coming. Like with Zoe Stark in terms of in rain, as boring as she is, like she'll she'll be the perfect person to like just wrestle. You know what I mean? It's like she can just she's and now that she's a heel, like she can kind of put over baby faces. Like her in terms of wrestling, like her and Roxanne are on a different level than the majority of that NXT women's roster. Um, and I think the Roxanne one, it was just like, look at she's our champion, she's literally the prodigy, she is the future of this industry. Anyone who like if you watch her in the ring, you watch her wrestle, you're like, how the fuck is she that good? And she's been that good since she was like 19 years old. So she's someone that like they're saying, like, she's the future. I think she is gonna have a longer run in NXT. 
but I think this was just kind of like, let's show it so like a bigger audience can kind of see her and see her kind of mix it up with some of the top women in our company and be like, whoa, okay, I see it. And I think, I mean, it, you hear this all the time about people talking about who they want to work with. I guarantee you almost every woman on the main roster, when they're looking down at NXT, they're like, I cannot wait to wrestle Roxanne someday. Like, it's awesome because she's, she, everyone can see it. We can see how good she is. So that one, I don't think she's an imminent call-up, but I think it was just a showcase. The other two, I really feel like whether it's, before WrestleMania or night after WrestleMania, they're part of the uh, the main roster roster. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping Indy is sooner. Uh, but yeah, I think both of them, like what else are they going to do in NXT, man? As we've seen, like Indy just goes out there and loses. Like it's time to bring her up. She's she's ready. Jay, uh, our, boy, our boy Joe says, the real Iron Man of the Women's Royal Rumble was the zipper of the back of Rhea's top. Jesus Christ, he is coming out fucking on fire right now. This guy over here. It's true. A little malfunction there. They were working on it for like half the match. That poor referee had to zip her up a couple times. Yeah, in the corner. And Liv was playing defense, I think, at one point just yeah, to help just, her. They should have, honestly, like, I know because he yeah, like, had a long, a long time in the Men's Royal Rumble and probably was part of like in like a meeting of planning that match. But it would have been great if Dom ran out and was like trying to cover her up like, yeah, for yeah. character-wise. But again, like, he obviously was already did stuff early in the night. So he was probably cleaning up and stuff. So Right, right. Uh, and I think the last thing we talk about is the uh, what the name of the oh, show, the, the main event, yeah. WrestleMania, the the moment of the year of 2023 already. Uh, when Sammy finally, finally hits Roman. This obviously, there's so much to unpack here. We had a match that was, as all Roman KO matches, was very solid, but we all knew it's like we got to get to the end because that's when we get the story. Like that's this bloodline story is just transcends transcended two years now where I, I think it was our story of the year last year and it's still ongoing and it will have a chance in this year's knockers probably to be nominated again, especially if it goes uh, as long, but we'll see. I mean, it's, we're set up for elimination chamber with Sammy and Roman, but um, the cliff notes here are just like pretty much they're beating down KO after the match and beating him down, beating him down. And Sammy said, Roman, you know, that's enough. This is beneath you. And the minute he said that, I was like, well, now Sammy's going to have to do it because in Roman's mind, he's like, well, you're right. That is beneath me. So you do it. And obviously like Sammy didn't want to do it. KO's handcuffed. That's his buddy. He says no. And uh, Roman just, you know, keeps getting him on, turns his back. And that's when Sammy hits him with a chair. The other three members of the bloodline are absolutely shocked. Jay kind of like freaks out. But eventually you see it kind of click in Jimmy's mind. Be like, you fucking stole my brother. And he super kicks his goddamn head off. And then Roman tells Solo, kill. Solo kills. And Jay walks out on the bloodline. Sammy and KO are left dead in the ring. So, uh, yeah, WrestleMania. I mean, go wherever you want with this because there's a lot to a lot to unpack. So I looked at this a lot of different ways. Like, first off, the storytelling, like our, our boy Joe said in the chat here, is tremendous storytelling at the end. We understand that. KO has done a great, masterful part of his is his program, this whole he's thing. He's dying for Sammy. He's literally. He's, he's literally doing everything he can. The handcuffs him out. A lot of women on Twitter got uh, really crazy with the gif of uh, him spinning the handcuffs. A lot of women like that. A lot of men, too, probably. Uh, but uh, that's fine. And then, so, the other thing that I thought about was Sammy Zayn... If you watch or you've seen the videos, he hits Roman the exact same way that Rollins hit him when he turned. So it's like there's a story within a story within a story of Roman Reigns' betrayals happen behind his back. And yeah. regardless whether or not you are on you – know, like clearly we're most likely on Sammy's side. But in his brain, which I think is the most satisfying part of this entire story, is he's going to say – that that guy, Sami Zayn, turned his back and stabbed him in the back. So as a heel, you're going, holy shit. Like, he's he, in his mind, he's right. So it's mm -hmm. so vague and gray that I appreciated that aspect of it. Because, again, 
more to nibble on later because then it becomes a, well, I can't trust anybody thing. And then he becomes a paranoid king. Like that, that could be a real thing down the line. The other things are like, okay, we know Jimmy just had to fucking fall in line. We know Solo falls in line. We know Heyman falls in line. So we know that's fine. But the other dynamic of Sammy turning around and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then Jay just like pounding his hand like, I thought you were my brother. Like, what are you doing? And seeing the theories online about Jay, you know, being main event Uso and and looking at Sammy, not being mad at Sammy, but being mad at himself that he couldn't bring himself 100%. to do that. But Sammy could, he could see himself being beaten up by the bloodline because that's how he truly feels after all this time. And seeing that thread, trying to go back and seeing all these monumental and cookie crumb moments from this entire feud just blew my mind being like, okay, Jay never really wanted to be in the bloodline to begin with. Then he fell in line because, you know, he choked out his brother at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, he, he pretty he much had, fell in line for Jimmy. Yeah, and so he had yeah. to be an endangered servant is what the the what Heyman's thing said in the promo, which I was like, I forgot that. And then he fell in line. And then, like, he was the right-hand man. And then he was just basically, he was solo before solo for the longest time in that thing. And then, you know, Jimmy comes back. They win the tag titles and then they're off to the races, and then they're dominant, and then Solo comes in, and then Sammy, and then it's just like all this stuff. Like all I could think about was, there's so much to nibble on. There's so much that can get us to somewhere. But I think ultimately, oh, okay, whatever, whatever. Endangered, indentured. Excuse me. I'm sorry about. I, I can't talk things. Um, he just loves to nitpick me. I can't wait for Joe Pollock to talk oh, about that too. Someone's mad that you're nitpicking them. Oh, yeah, I man. know. God damn oh, it. Oh man. Uh, so. Um, so my thought would be where we're headed. If I had to guess, Jay will somehow contemplate his life until, you know, elimination chamber. And then Jay will fall back in line to cost Sammy the championship. Cause I feel like that way, realistically, right? You transfer the heat from Roman to Jay for Sammy. So now Sammy can then go, okay, I, I had my shot. I blew it. I can always say I didn't, but now I can go after it later. But then you transfer the heat to, okay, KO can come to the save, Montreal giant pop, hug. If we get the the giant hug from KO and Sammy in Montreal, the place will go fucking nuclear. And then it's just, again, another pay-per-view ending that'll just be super solid, I think, going forward. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of things here. Obviously, he, Jay also had an Instagram post yesterday where he pretty much, it seemed like he was saying he's done with the bloodline, like it, whatever he just, but we'll see, like you said, I think a lot of these weeks are going to be coming too, and we might even see him like being in support of Sammy, and that obviously puts the tag titles in, par uh, in peril because on Friday night, they're crowning a new number one contender on SmackDown. Um, so it's one of those things that they lose two of these before WrestleMania. I still think they lose the Raw ones first because the SmackDown ones are the ones they've had for like three years or whatever. Um, but it just, it kind of, it creates a lot of uncertainty, which I think is uh, cool. And yeah, I think you hit it on the head. I think the way I would like to see them do it, because I honestly, I don't think we can get into the Cody stuff here too. It's just like, I think people like were expecting the Batista thing from a few years ago, but the minute, like it just, it's not, it's one of those things like the, I think the fans, here's the thing about fans. They have more than one favorite. I think everyone loves Sammy and everyone loves Cody. So I think that it's less of an issue, but I think one way that you maybe make it cleaner, which is disappointing because Sammy is kind of robbed a little is that you have Jay out there kind of watching the match, but he doesn't cost Sammy Roman actually beats Sammy clean. And then after the match, Jay comes in 
to, you know, kind of like comfort him. And that's when maybe he turns on him and the bloodline just absolutely beats him down. And that's when KO returns because hopefully we don't see him till then. And that'll really set up KO and Sammy versus the Usos, which I saw people saying like, hey, that could main event night one. That would be awesome. I would be cool with that. I think the other option is, and this one's, this is more of like the Daniel Bryan booking for me is just like, you obviously still have Roman and Cody. Maybe you decide that that's the night one main event. And obviously Cody maybe wins one of those titles, but Roman still has the other. And Sammy, like you said, gets screwed in Montreal. Um, And so maybe that sets up where it's like him and KO want to challenge the Usos. But Roman says, the only way that you get another shot at me is if you beat the Usos night one. And so maybe he, they beat the Usos when the tag titles. And then the second night main event is Roman versus Sammy for the universal championship. I just, it's the more I've thought about it, Roman defending both titles separately at mania. It just, I don't want to say cheapens it. Cause I don't think it's true, but it feels weird. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, it's like whoever goes first would dethrone him first. You know what I mean? Then to have Roman lose twice in a row is weird. And I don't know if I'd want like Cody to beat him and then him to retain against Sammy. It just, it's, I think that defeats the purpose. So I think honestly, my, the best move for me is to just like end it at elimination chamber in terms, in terms of Roman. And then yes, focus on the tag titles. Cause like you, like you've laid out and people on the internet have laid out. It makes so much sense transferring the heat from Roman to Jay, because that's how this all started. It's been a Sammy Jay storyline from the beginning. Cause Jay was very anti him. And it was about uh, Jay realizing that Sammy was truly with him and actually making a true friend. And now you kind of have the Jimmy Jay, Jay Sammy dichotomy and like solos mixed in, but I think solos more on the Roman side. So it just, there's a lot of ways they can go with it. I think either way we're going to win because like we've seen, no matter what they do here, it's been masterful. I have no doubt that Elimination Chamber is going to be awesome. And the fact that it just so happened to be in Canada, it's just fucking amazing. And Sami Zayn's hometown, and this happens, you kidding me? Like, just like, I don't know if it was planned that way, but if it wasn't, man, this it's goddamn fate. Wrestling yeah, and, fate. And I, I don't know if you saw the Hawani uh, interview with um, Sammy, but he was like, I'm just excited because Montreal is the background. It's a character in this now. And he's yes. like, and I think he goes, it's, it's hard to explain, like Corbin... In Kansas City, is not the same. Or like he was trying to say, like Cena in Boston's great, but this is different. He's like, you yeah. can't explain it. It's just like the only equivalent. It was said, like Drew in the UK. Would yeah, be it's the exactly. He said like, or Nakamura in Japan. He's like, the international thing is a big deal. Yeah, and especially where it's Montreal could be a screw job here. You know, like there's so many oh. layers to this. Yeah, where they can fuck him oh. big time because he loves yeah. Bret Hart. It's just so many things could happen here that could just amazingly go in different directions. The one thing I want to get to before we get to the rest of everything, do you think, and now I'm playing devil's advocate, we think that Jay will cost him, so that's probably what's going to happen. However, just for one second, cleanse your brain for a second. Do you think Jay walking out of the bloodline and refusing to be part of the bloodline, that they'll find some wonky way to just break up the titles that way? And then do, or... it's it's very it's complicated, and I think that's why it's interesting. I do think that I expect a match at Elimination Chamber. I think part of the reason, because obviously the rumored Elimination Chamber forever was the IC title, and Braun and Ricochet were a part of that. But now that they're this makeshift tag team that the crowd loves because they're two crowd favorites, I think they're going to win that, and it's going to be the Usos versus them in Montreal. And maybe, who knows, maybe they actually win. I don't think so, but it just it's – yeah, it's interesting because it's like how do they defend it? Or if like – or does Roman be like – well, those those tag titles belong to the bloodline, not the Usos. Right. It's like Solo and Jimmy defend them. Or is it like Solo and Jimmy get a pair and Jay and Sammy get That's... the other pair? It just there's there is interest. I think that could be kind of messy. So I don't know. I think those are just gonna kind of I think part of selling 
a Braun Ricochet versus Usos match for the titles at Elimination Chamber are the fact that the Usos are split for the first time. I think that might be the direction they go, but certainly like there's they have a lot of options here to do things, which I think is why like that's how you know it's a good story because you can literally lay out about 50 different paths. And it's just like, that's what makes it cool. I, I just don't want to be super convoluted, but that was my second statement was that it does it become Sammy and Jay versus, you yeah. know, Jimmy and, and, you know, that would be interesting to see like who gets to stay in the bloodline kind of thing, you know, or whatever. But like, it's just, well, Sammy's out. Sammy ain't coming. Sammy back. and Jay are definitely, you out, hit the tribal chief. You're yeah, out. Yeah. I just, but it is interesting going forward. It really is. And there's a lot to, to unpack and I'm sure we'll be excited. And I think this is like less, it's a three weeks or two weeks from Saturday yeah, is elimination. It's, 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 it's coming in fast. So yeah, I think it's the 18th. And I don't think we have some type of um, – I don't think we have any overseas pay-per-views between now and and WrestleMania. This is it. This is it. So, they, yeah, I don't even think they're specials. It'll just be Monday and Friday. So. All right. So uh, anything else you want to talk about? You want to get a regular part of the show and get going? Let's get to the shine. Always in the shine. Mandy Rose, she's not here, but she's still in my shine, baby. But WrestleMania, I'm starting it off with the way we started off Monday right night, Monday night, Rob, because adrenaline in my soul, something, something, Cody Rhodes. I just, it's something like every time he talks, like it just, it's one of those things. I feel like whether you like Cody or you dislike Cody, he's so fucking good at talking that you just listen. Like his pace, it just like, it just, it feels like it's important. And I kind of hinted at this earlier because I, I know obviously like, they're like with all top stars, it'll eventually flip. But I just, for some reason, I think now that we see, like we saw the record stadium sales, there's just more people there. Like I look at the, at Cody Rhodes compared to the rest of the roster and stuff. And like, I kind of like, I don't want to make this comparison to Cena, but it just kind of feels like it where it's like Cody Rhodes, the way he acts, the way he dresses, the way he presented, he's like a real life fucking superhero. Like it just, that's how it comes off. He's in the red, white, and blue. He has the cape. He has the grandest entrance. He has the Boehner's thon. He's great at talking. Like he has the bleach blonde hair. He's uh, just like, he just, he's a handsome man. It just, and they present him like he's like a superhero. Mm -hmm. So I think he's, it's going to, that's why I say like this whole Sammy thing, like it's, I don't think it's going to affect it as much as people think. There's always going to be like the part of the internet crowd that I pretty much refer to now as AEW fans that it just, that's such a small percentage. Cause I see, I've seen like the last week, like that there's been that people keep tweeting about this discourse about it. And I'm just like, I haven't actually seen this discourse. I think it's just a small Twitter bubble that has it. Because I think a lot of those fans who acted that way are AEW fans who might not even watch the product anymore, which means that a lot of these, like, because you see it all the time, the people like, once AEW came, it's like, I'm all AEW. I don't care about WWE anymore. That's fine. But it's like, those were the, well, I think a lot of the fans, the diehards that showed up to these bigger WWE events. And now some of them are still going to show up. They're always going to be there. But I think it's, I think we just underestimate like how big of a scope of a, what a WWE fan is. We're obviously part of the Twitter bubble. So we see that side a lot more, but whenever I see it at the shows, it's not just with Cody. It's with a lot of like the top star baby faces that people say they don't, they don't like, or they sick of And I'm like, it doesn't come off that way. So I just, but I was literally watching him on Monday. And I'm like, they really are presenting him. Like he's a fucking superhero. And obviously I'm a big Cody fan. And I think that's part of it is those of us who kind of like scoff at the superheroes were already Cody fans. So I think it's like that good mix they have right now, but the way they present them, it's like, if you're a little kid, like he's instantly your favorite. Look at him. He looks fucking cool. Like it just, if I was a kid, I'd be like, yeah, you know? So it just, they're doing it right, man. They're doing it smart. And fucking Cody knows what he's doing. That He just like, you can tell he knows everything he does is so well thought out. He just, he gets the industry so much. 
I think it's hard for me because when I'm watching him, I want like I, the song I sing along to. It's just it's a good song. It's, it's a great it's, it's a banger. It's it's great. It's it's in my playlist on Spotify. I have to listen to it. But he has this long entrance, which is fine. It's great. You know the whoa thing, and he gets everybody pumped up. The problem I have going forward, and is a, is a real concern for me going forward. I think is, I think they're they're in a pass, right? Like it's gonna happen. He's gonna beat Roman Reigns, hopefully, right? And then we get our moment. We'll have a tearjerker moment. It'll be a big fucking. Everybody will cry. Everybody will be excited and happy for him. Then it'll be the honeymoon, you know, phase where everything's beautiful. Right after Mania, but the way that he talked on Monday. And I don't know if it's because he has a lisp and he has to feel like maybe he got made fun of as a kid and he had to like learn all these vocab words that none of us really know. You know what I mean? Like when you when you say stuff like that, there you become very dangerous to making it feel like the crowd is ignorant to you when you're speaking because he's such an eloquent speaker. When I lit and the way he dresses and what Dom said kind of rang true with me it was like, you are the chosen one. You showed up at 30 and won this fucking thing. Like people were That's eliminated so good, before you even got into the ring. Oh, and I just and he's like, that I interaction. And then he then he said something like, I don't even respect your dad, let alone my dad. And I was like, woof. Yeah. You know, Dom, like, Dom hates dads. It's yeah. great. It's great. But like, it's a great gimmick. It's he loves just, mommies, yeah. hates daddies. Oh my god, instead of the legend killer, can he just like kill dads? Like, not actually kill dads, but can he like <laughs> can he just beat up like generational dads? It'd be great. Be fucking Ray, awesome. Yeah. Edge. You can get, Cody, like yeah, it just, it'll just keep yeah. going. He just beat up people's dads. It'll be great. He could beat up Orton's dad at some point, as long as he doesn't have Hep C anymore. But like, there's there's so much to unpack with Cody. But all I could think about was, he may not be Roman Reigns, but he is he is definitely the machine. Like you look at him, you're like, he looks good yeah, in the poster. He's Cena, he's Roman, he's, yeah. like Rock, like he's he in is. that ilk, and you're like, that's why to me, like, it's one of those things. Like, obviously, like. Cody was a heel pretty much his entire first run because he's really fucking good at it. Because usually when you're that, it's the same reason why Roman had became one of the greatest heels of all time. We all knew he could. It's just the problem was, it's like, he also fits the superhero mold. So it's one of those things like, yes, there's going to be days where we're all going to be booing Cody because like any babyface champion, if he has a long reign, we get sick of it because babyface champions kind of suck. But it's just like, yeah, so all that will be true. But I still think it's one of those things, like even like if like the diehards turn them like, I mean, I you kind of fit a diehard. You're not like the, the super virgin-y AEWs. You're as much smarter than you're more WWE. But like, like you're just, you're like I am too. Like we're more, we're more like into it fans. You know what I mean? But it's just like, I still think Cody's always going to like the merch, like Roman's oh. merch flies off the fucking shelves and shit, no matter what he's doing. It's just like, because kids are always going to be like, he, Cody looks cool. He's presented cool. Like he's going to be cool. But yeah, I just think it's – I think people automatically assume, like, oh, they're going to revolt and they're going to hate Cody because it's all about Sammy. It's like I think they can be two separate things that we've seen in wrestling because the WWE is such a massive thing. Like, think about how many people, like, you like on the roster. Like, yeah, they're going to butt heads sometimes, but it's like you don't hate them both. You just think it's cool that two of your favorites are facing off. Like, when Cody and Dom, like, those are, like, my two favorite things in WWE right now, and they're going back and forth. You know how chubbed up I was watching that? I just, like – that was awesome because I was one, one of those things. I'm like, who's going to interrupt Cody? I'm like, they've done Seth so many times. And I think the Logan Paul thing's good because it gets him away from him until Cody wins the title and they can run it back. But I'm like, who's going to interrupt it? And then the, right as I was thinking that, the Judgment Day music hit. And I was like, that's fucking perfect because Dom is just like a nuclear option. Like every time he talks, but I'm like, Cody and Finn, we've never seen. And we obviously got that match, you know, which I, I kind of hate that they wasted it right there. But whatever, it's fine. It's it's It worked for what it was, but I was just like, this kind of makes sense. And I love the points that they made. Like you said, with Dom being like, you're the chosen one. And like that wouldn't, you wouldn't get away with it in jail. It's just every time he says, 
He did stumble stuff. a little bit, but that's oh, part of his character. I don't like that's part of it. Yeah. He's supposed to be like this little prehubescent boy that acts all tough. Yeah. He needs mommy and Damien and Finny to protect him. That's true. That's very true. I, I do. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say this is my hope, uh, but I'm gonna blow this here because I think it's probably better. I was when he won the Royal Rumble. I instantly, from a production standpoint, for someone that edits, someone that shoots stuff, and like, I am going to probably cry like a baby. For his intro video before he comes out at WrestleMania, because you know, Dude, you know yeah. that there is going to be like I still to this day watch the Miz before he comes out at WrestleMania 27. You can hate me now with the whole fucking him watching the thing, and it's just it's so great to watch. But all I can think about is Cody saying that there's more than one royal family and watching like him watching videos of other people's families succeeding, like the McMahons and like all just random, sh like little clips sprinkled in with, you gotta get a dream, hold on to it. Like seeing his dad say that stuff and being like his, you know, his, his, you know, his brother, Goldust, just little sprinkles of his family in there cutting in between these monumental moments and then never, them never even getting a sniff at the WWE championship. I think like to me, when you can, if you could match his dad's promos and mash them in there, with some other amazing moments and then seeing Cody's failures. I'm getting, you can't see it, but I'm getting goosebumps right now just envisioning it. And that to me is going to be, that's, the, that's, you like the, the stick of dynamite at that point. Like, no pun intended. It's like, it is going to be one of those moments where you will remember that package beforehand and you're going to go, this is fucking incredible. Incredible. You know what I mean? I, I, mean, I remember like, last year, this kind of, when you were saying that it kind of dawned on my head last year when he returned and it was like, man, I feel like we all want him to win the title now, but it's like, it feels like it'd be so much better if it happened with like the rumble and whatever. And then it just so happened that fate like tore his fucking peck off. So they honestly, they delayed it to the time that we've said would be the optimal time to win it without making him stale. Instead, they gave him a fucking shot of adrenaline in his soul by getting injured and wrestling with a fucking torn peck and having that visual, which just enhanced this journey even more. Like I was thinking that like watching the packages because the packages every week, like they're like porn for me. I love those things anyways. But when it's about someone that I love and I love their story, like it just like I'm, I'm into it. And I'm just like, man, I was thinking like this story would have already been good. But the fact that we didn't have to wait like eight months and let him possibly like not get stale, but like not be as fresh. Like we actually got more added to the fire with this debilitating injury that he actually fucking wrestled with. So we have the visual. It's just like, man, like this just like the way it happened was just so perfect that like it like it just I don't know. It just it's crazy how sometimes something that can be so bad and debilitating like can turn out to be such a positive. I agree. Uh, anything else? Uh, yeah, for me, this is a small thing. It's actually the only other thing I have written down in my shine from Raw because I thought overall well, Raw was just meh. Um, but I like theory on the MVP lounge because he continues to drop Cena hints when he was uh, slid in the ruthlessness and then the next sentence slid in aggression. So uh, it just, it's one of those things. It's like, man, if it, like they're clearly going to do it, but if they don't, it'll be like the biggest blue balls in the world. But it's one of those things. It's like we talk about Cody always working in general. Theory's always working Cena. He's been doing it since he's pretty much been in the spotlight. It's made sense. It's the match we want to see. I think we're going to get it. Maybe he keeps that U.S. title on Elimination Chamber. Maybe he drops it and they don't they don't need it with Cena. But either way, I think it works. But um, I like that. But I also liked how he kind of got a little bit of like, obviously, you know, I was full chub about the Hurt Business. But we have Lashley coming out here because Theory's an instigator, instigating Lashley. So he accidentally spears his buddy MVP. Uh, and we know Bobby and MVP and Omos don't have love for each other. MVP is kind of the thing that's kept it amicable. So 
it's kind of interesting now because Bobby kind of like if he's pissed off MVP, he's already got a uh, beast mad at him. It's like Bobby doesn't have many friends heading into WrestleMania season. So I just like that they took two separate things that I'm interested in and just continued to like lay little storyline paths for both parties. And I thought Theory did a great job. You know, in that promo, I thought that MVP did a great job. Such a good deal. I think the idea of like, you know, I was watching the VIP lounge when I was a little boy. Like, okay, that was funny. And then like having him be like, oh, okay, okay. No, I want to hear this. I want to hear this. Like having him do his thing. And then you need your daddy to step up. Yeah. yeah. Which is (laughs) funny. All right. I'm out. (laughs) Funny. It's just funny. Like that. He used the daddy line, even though they use the daddy line on theory for Vince. Like there's so many little cookie crumbs that you're just like, this is so good. Um, And if we get theory and Cena. I'll be happy. I don't think the United States Championship needs to be part of it. I don't either, but it could be because of Cena's history with really? it. But either way, like I'm cool with it there or not. So here, so this is a great way to parlay into the rest of Raw. Um, because I think honestly, I don't think we need to talk about SmackDown because to me, SmackDown was just no. it was a glorified clip show. But we can talk uh, about it in the preview for the stuff. Yeah, like that's that. fine. So for for me, I thought about this elimination chamber. And at first, I'm, we're going to go down a murder's row of like great stuff that happened. Rollins and Gable, a lot of fun to watch. Having that entire thing is so fun to me. I really enjoyed that portion of it. Good stuff. He wins. You know, this is like Wrestle Boner stuff for us, so we enjoyed it. Um, but going going back down to the rest of it, it's like, okay, then Gargano had it. You know, like we said, Corbin versus Gargano. Corbin versus a little guy, always the great, you know, the great equation. It just works. So there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm you know, Johnny's in there. Uh, I forget who else might be in here. I, uh, Bronson Reed got in, but it's Bronson just those Reed, two yes. to me were just like, the Corbin one, it's just, it's one of those things like I, I, Gargano in Canada makes sense. I think he could be fun in the chamber, but I like, I actually, I would have liked Corbin in there too. And um, I don't think there's going to be spots because there's the two other qualifiers next week, but it was just like, I was like, man, that like this Corbin character with JBL was like, we supposed to like prop him back up to the main event, but it's become kind of like a joke the last couple of weeks. And in the 24 hours, he had the embarrassing rumble. And then he just like kind of loses to Gargano, like kind of like, like you said, it was fun because Corbin and a little guy, but it just like, I was just like, man, what does this mean for Baron Corbin going forward now? Like, cause I'm like, he seems like a guy that's just going to be left out, which is disappointing to me because I thought the whole point of the JBL thing was to get him back on top as one of the dominant heels. And who knows, maybe it's just like to break him again, but it's like, I don't know. It just, that one to me was tough. The Loomis axing JBL's hat, whatever. It's the Gaga. That's why Dexter right. Loomis exists. But but yeah, then the other one, Bronson Reed beating Dolph. Like, again, we know he's a big Triple H guy. He's going to get a chance. But I was just like, eh, poor Dolph, too. Guy doesn't even get in the Rumble. And he's like one of the now, record yeah. holders. And then he goes and he like, I mean, that's what Dolph is. He puts people over. And I think he doesn't have a problem doing that. But it was just like, I was like, obviously, Seth is in there. So you have Theory and Seth as the center point. But then I'm looking at him like, Gargano, who they haven't really done much with on the main roster to heat him up. And then Bronson Reed, I'm just kind of like, eh. So here's here's a dangerous thing. Like, we can talk about it later, but the two qualifying matches, there's definitely something going on there. Um, yeah, but, we can get to that in the preview. But Bronson, for me, like, I think, like, if it's not theory, because I, I, I thought Lashley would be in there, and he's not. So theory, yeah, he would win. I don't see Seth Rollins winning because we think Seth Rollins and no. Logan Paul is a thing. Yeah. Johnny, I could see winning, and Bronson Reed, I could see winning because they're Triple H guys. And you don't need the, the United States Championship on um, on theory for any reason going into WrestleMania, I don't think. But the, then, I mean, the only reason would be is a Cena's history with the title. Right, and I think right. the, other, the other two matches are very interesting because it's like, okay, out of the four people that are in it, I'm thinking... There is one tag team member in there would look mighty good with that United States Championship. 
So there's three people that I'm like, oh, this could be a real, a real thing. They might just pull out a ladder match for WrestleMania for United States Championship. So they who knows? could do that, or they could, if, if Montez Ford, as you're alluding to, does win, they could yeah. just do four Dawkins. Right, and that I think now. I think that's that would work too because it'd be yeah. great for both guys. So it's just that's a possibility. Like, right, if it, if it is in theory retaining, like that's where I would probably lean at the moment. But again, I think they could also. I think uh, Gargano with a moment in Canada would be pretty big because that's kind of how he debuted on the main roster. And we know he's super over up there. And it would kind of like that also would set up a fun U.S. title match at Mania, however they do it. Uh, if they put it on Bronson Reed, I'd probably throw up. But uh, I don't know. I just, yeah, stupid. he's right. He's like the best The best place for there to use, lose the U.S. title is Elimination Chamber. It, yeah, it is because there's obviously could be a ton of gaga. Um, but so... That obviously, like, why that's kind of the reason why I think the IC title always made sense in the chamber, too, is because there would be an easy way for Gunther to possibly lose it if he does go to Brock. But obviously, with that not happening, maybe he's maybe it is Lashley Brock at Mania and they do do Gunther Sheamus part three, or maybe Elimination Chamber is Gunther Sheamus part three, and maybe that's where Sheamus wins. I don't know. They there's a ton of possibilities, uh, now with the mid card titles, but. But yeah, I was surprised that uh, the men's U.S. title was the Elimination Chamber one, especially now that I'm just seeing like Bronson Reed. It just uh, I don't know. It just it, it felt a little underwhelming with a lot of the talent they have in the roster. But that's I, just me, but I get it. They're propping up new guys. Look, I mean, we have to remember Bronson Reed's new. We have to remember that Johnny Gargano's kind of had this weird like. Well, he got injured. Injury, yeah, yes, yeah, and it's fine because he's really good. But you know, also like, then I think the next two will be more telling to me what happens. Like the yeah, next two matches, I, I think well, that to me is like okay, we'll see exactly how this is going to shape out. Because if Theory's the new, the new, the new hotness, right? Then like these other guys need to prop themselves up in some way. So that's what they're doing. So yeah, there are two other spots, Stoop. Yes. Uh, so we're going to talk about that later at the end of, of the finish there. But uh, we got a lot to talk about there. But uh, we should. Is there anything uh, you want to talk about, or you want to get uh, heaty? I've been heaty. That all that was heat. For all me. that was heat. Okay, sorry. Get him up yeah. my TV. Uh, so uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, the one thing I was just like, I, I'm over Edge. I just want it to be over with. I, I like that he he sh he co showed up in the Royal Rumble, and you know Beth showed up. I, I assume we're the thing I'm thinking of is I assume we're getting Dom and Rhea versus Edge, Edge and Beth and, and Chamber. And Chamber. I think that's but Chamber. Yeah. can you have Rhea lose on her way to WrestleMania? No, but you can have Dom lose. I guess okay, it is that's a fine. Match. It's it's because it's one of those things like with the Rumble winners. It's always like. What do you do with them in between? With Cody, it's fine because you can just send him out there every week and he captivates us. But with like Rhea, it's like she's already been a spot where she's not wrestling. But how do you do it? And this always made sense to me. I'm like, well, Edge and Beth versus Dom and Rhea is fucking, that's money. And obviously Beth has been all over our TV now. And in, in Canada, it's perfect because Edge and Beth get the big win at home and Edge can just pin Dom. Like it's, it's I think that's pretty straightforward. And then after that, Rhea just kind of goes on her own. And that's when uh, Dom gets things going with daddy uh, after that. Uh, however they're going to do that at WrestleMania. But the one other thing is, is that, I mean, obviously Edge and Balor have unfinished business. It sure does feel like that's Edge's one-on-one -on -one Mania match. And I think that's why Balor continues to be presented as the main eventer of the group. It's because I think that is the Mania match. It'll probably be like Hell in a Cell or some shit like that because Edge will want a big stipulation match and go 20 minutes and they'll beat the shit out of each other. It'll be a fun match. We'll probably complain it's a little too long. But either way, it just... That seems to be their direction. They're going with Edge the next couple of months, which again, I'm okay with both those matches, the mixed tag and that Mania match. So, but it's just like week to week. It's like, yeah, it's like I rather have Edge do what he did this week though and just come out and attack as opposed to sit in the back and cut a 10 minute promo. So, right. I will say that. No, no I, I get that too, but I, I just feel like Priest is going to be left out. Well, what if he wins the US title? See, I'm okay with that. 
I'm okay yeah. with that because then that makes something. But I feel like we know Edge is going to face Balor. We know Dom's going to, you know what I mean? Rhea's doing her. So I feel like I just don't want Priest, who's been really the unsung hero of the Judgment Day in a lot of ways, like a constant. Not necessarily steam some, stealing. There's going to be some sort of match for all these, like, and maybe Corbin and Miz are in this too, like, and Dolph and, like, uh, Mustafa Ali maybe gets a chance. But there's going to be, like, a multi-man match of some kind for a lot of these guys who don't really have that. I think they're going to find a spot to get these guys in, and Priest might be a part of that. Whether it's a number one contender match of some kind or some fucking shit, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but it is it is interesting. Uh, very quickly, uh, it took it took Bailey and uh, Becky Lynch four hundred days to get to something that I actually wanted to see because one line sent me into it going, you know, she said Rebecca, and then she said the thing about you're not even good enough for your husband, and then of course you like used, that. So no, no, I no. thought that was lame as fuck. I mean, it's too it's too little, too late in my opinion. I thought I, they tried too hard with that line. It just it didn't make sense. I, I I think the hard part is is just like. Becky dragging out Dakota to be a heel, kind of in that moment, to get what she wanted. I feel like we're just in this convoluted, weird thing I just wanted to be done with. So I'm glad the steel cage happens, and hopefully we're just cleansed oh, the palate. Hope it happens. Hope that it happens. Hope we're done with it, and we move on to Becky and Bailey moving on to something else, because well, this is rough. Here's, here's what worries me about that, is that uh, neither of them are in the chamber match, the women's chamber match, the number one for Kendra, contender for Bianca. So it's like, if they um, aren't in that, it's also like, what do they do? You know what I mean? It's just... Maybe they're doing like a six woman tag with damage control at WrestleMania. I have a different hope about the women's tag title. So we'll, hopefully we'll get there. But it's just like, it's it's weird to me that it doesn't feel like the end as much as I want it to be. Because then if it is the end, I don't know what you do with these two upper echelon women. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting. But I just, I thought this segment was fucking lame. This is my least favorite thing of the night, honestly. Okay. Which is a shame. Because again, I like, I really like the man Becky. And I, I like, and I, in theory, I like Bailey. It's just the damage control thing is just. Yeah, it's just not working. Again, another another kind of whoa, you know, too little, too late scenario. Uh, anything else yeah. you want to get uh, into hopeful? Well, we didn't talk about what did you think of Rhea's decision to pick Charlotte? So that so that's something we didn't talk about. I personally, from a fan standpoint of view, I don't like it because I was more interested in seeing Bianca and Rhea because I feel like they're not rocking Austin, but I feel like this could be a rockin' Austin rivalry kind of thing going the length of time. If done and correctly. I think it still can. No, I know, but I feel like now's the time. Like, this is the, the most red-hot Rhea has ever been. Bianca's been Cena-like. And so I feel like that, and maybe, maybe, maybe they just look at it like neither one can lose, which is why they did the opposite. But oh. it's it's hard because I feel like I want Charlotte to work with people that like I think Liv versus Charlotte to me is the better now that that's where we're stuck or it's maybe Charlotte cool or that. Raquel. I don't know, but I feel like to me, if it's Oscar and Charlotte again, then you're just doing the same thing differently. Like I just, I don't know. I just, if Oscar wins and goes against Belair, uh, I just, I don't, I think I'm, I'm not going to be interested in that. I really am not. I uh, So I think for me, I think that does make a lot of sense because as we saw, like she was friends with Asuka and Bliss and she already dealt with Bliss. Asuka would make sense next, especially now that she has like this darker Asuka, more old school Asuka character. And I think that'll be a banner match and people will love that because they adore both those women, as do I. Um, but I, what they sh- Rhea sold me on her logic of why she's picking Charlotte is because this is a revenge, revenge spot where 
Charlotte took her NXT title before and she wasn't ready. This is how Rhea kind of gets it back. And I think Charlotte, because, you know, Charlotte, one of those things, like obviously Charlotte gets a lot, but it's like Charlotte still is a human being. And I know she, uh, like, she clearly cares about Rhea. So I think she would be perfectly, like, love to put Rhea over and, like, kind of, like, vault her and be part of that moment. And plus, it means she gets closer to getting another notch in her belt in terms of breaking daddy's record because uh, she has to lose for that to happen. Uh, but it just, they kind of sold me. And, on when she gave that line, because I was the same way. I was like, Rhea Bianca, I'm like, slam dunk. But it just, it kind of sold me because I'm like, you know what? There is that history that is about redemption for Rhea. If she faces Charlotte, it almost guarantees she's winning. Whereas Bianca, like it's a coin flip. I still think she would have won, but it's still a coin flip because Bianca, who's the top dog right now in the women's division, as we talked about. But it also just like, it is the redemption. And then it just, it's, I don't know. I I remember their match. It was, I believe that was a pandemic era. It kicked off, I think, night two. And that I think was my favorite actual match from the that WrestleMania. Like their chemistry is unreal. Cause we all we talk about all the time, like Charlotte sometimes like she struggles with different people, but then when she gets it right, when she has chemistry, obviously with Sasha, she had amazing chemistry. She has chemistry with Becky and like it's off the charts, but her and Rhea really seem to have that much chemistry. And that was years ago before Rhea was fully developed into the awesome wrestler she is today. So it just, I do, I do want to see that match again. So they could sell me that. And they, I think they did sell me that with that. So it also leaves the thing. And we kind of talked about, I've said this the last couple of weeks. And I think you said it on Twitter and our thread last night. It's just like, it still leaves the option that like Ronda could win this thing back. And right. we could do Ronda Rhea, which I think we're going to all be a four. So it's just, there's some different possibilities, but it does feel like that Charlotte and Rhea is a real thing. I just hate that they make them pick so soon because WrestleMania, what do we have on Friday? A SmackDown women's right. title match between Charlotte and Sonya Deville, which, again, we knew Sonya wasn't winning, but it's just like now we have three months where Charlotte might defend the title, and we know she's not going to lose. Right, and I think that's the hardest part is they, they, they could shock you. They could. Uh, Ronda would be the one, though, not, not Sonya Deville. No, 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 no. I, I, just, <laughs> I think, like, you know, you could, you could shoehorn Ronda in there, and you could have – then you could, you know, make a swerve that, you know, at the – like – not that they're going to do it, but Edge did it one year, so I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility where he lost the World Championship at Elimination Chamber at the beginning, and then in the other Elimination Chamber, he walked in and won another one. So I feel like Charlotte could face somebody like Ronda at Elimination Chamber, lose, be the last entrant into the Elimination Chamber, and face Bianca. Like, I just well, feel like yeah. they could do that. Like, you know what I mean? There's There's different things they could do. So. Which again, like Bianca Charlotte has been my match all right. the time because that's Bianca's last check mark. But it just it's yeah, they definitely could. And, and as you've mentioned, like we know the four people in the women so far are Oscar, Liv, Raquel, and Dewdrop? No, Dewdrop's in the final no, she four. Has to qualify. They said the last three. So Oscar and oh Nikki Cross. Nikki, Nikki Cross. Cross, yeah, yeah. So those are the automatics. And then next week we'll talk about it. We'll preview it in a little bit. Candace Piper, Meechan, and a returning Carmella. We'll get one of the spots, but like you said, for the men's, we know the last two spots are up for grabs. I think, but we've on the women's, they're kind of leaving it open, which obviously just screams like Rhonda, I think, or Shayna, I would, or something like that. Um, because obviously we remember Shayna's history in the elimination chamber, she was dominant. Um, but it'll, uh, I, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out because. Yeah, it's the but I just I hate when they announce it early. But again, it could be um, it, they might have something up their sleeve. I, I think I think they do have something up their sleeve. Honestly, I think that there's gonna be a switcheroo. It feels like it, it just feels like because I agree with you. It's it's she could have she could have marched out on Friday after she beat Sonya. You know what I mean? She didn't have to do it on Monday Night Raw. And the other thing I want to talk about. Before, I know we're really heavy, so we'll we'll move on. But this is the last thing I want to talk about. 
Is it weird that she's going after the SmackDown title and Judgment no. Day is on Raw? You think they're all going to go together? Like, no, okay. Nope. I don't think it's weird. I never think it's weird because the whole point of winning the Royal Rumble is you get to choose. Okay. And I think it's just, it's obviously formulaic. You choose the person on your show, but I think it's almost cooler if you choose someone on the other show because I think it's easier to book because you haven't been crossing paths with that person all year, um, theoretically. And also, and so it's like a fresh start. And also, it's just like you can continue to finish up your business on your current show before you face the person at the other show. So I think it keeps the feud kind of fresh. So I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, okay. But yeah, no, I, I mentioned Rhonda there and I'll go right into my hope if you would like. Sure. Uh, Glorious, you're my only hope because it's about the women's tag titles, which are never defended ever. Damage control carries them around. Now Dakota's injured. Now EO probably has to sell an abduction injury. So they might not defend these things ever, but if they do at WrestleMania, I'm trying to think of a way to keep Rhonda Rousey and Nia Jax uh, from being uh, the last members of the Elimination Chamber, or at least part of women's title match at WrestleMania. So uh, here it is. I have a fatal four-way in WrestleMania for the women's tag titles at WrestleMania. I want damage control to defend against Rhonda and Shayna, uh, who I'd probably pick to win. The Samoan Slaughterhouse. Yeah. And, Tamina. and then my fourth team, I would like it to be a very impressive team of Ooh. Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, baby. And you know the fun thing about fatal four-ways? Anyone can win. So... I mean, as much as I'd love to give Indy her uh, moment at Indy Wrestling, her first moment at WrestleMania, I think it'd be a great spot to put the titles on Ronda and Shayna, kind of restore Summit to it. And then after WrestleMania, you could do a few that would be very physical between Ronda and Shayna and the Samoan Slaughterhouse, just because, you know, it is what it is. But it just, I think that, I think that's something that I want to see because I think that's a way by putting Ronda in that match, you make it high profile a high-profile match for the women's tag titles, which we haven't really had in a long time. Um, and as we've seen, Damage Control do nothing with them. So I just think it's... I want Ronda and Shayna to have those tag titles because I think that's how you kind of set the standard. And then whoever whoever eventually beats them, maybe it's Candice and Indy, um, is then super over because of it. So that's that's my hope. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Well, there you go. And he said Nia Jax is 100% in. So look, I don't... He probably is a sixth person in the chamber, for being honest. I mean, I wouldn't see uh, Nia Jax versus Bianca Belair being the the headline. Well, no, it doesn't mean she has to win, but I no. feel like she might. No, she I, I, that's a great. You know, Stoop makes a great point. She's probably in there, but like, it's just it's hard. It it's not easy to, to get into. Anyway, my my um, I got two quick hopes I wanted to definitely put out there because I don't think they're going to be good going forward. One is uh, something I learned in my own head for uh, Baron Corbin watching his match with Johnny Wrestling. They he punched Johnny Wrestling outside, and they made a throwaway line that said. Ooh, a punch Tyson Fury would not be able to deal with, which made me think Golden Gloves boxer. He takes an easy L at WrestleMania. I can see Tyson Fury getting, you know, his way because Baron Corbin does good again with the, you know, the celebrities. And he does a good job in general, like eating, eating his hat, no pun intended. And so I think that could be a WrestleMania match going forward, especially if they're going to try to, you know, pack this card on two nights. Secondly, I popped super hard. Uh, for one, Maximum Male Models on Raw, recruiting Otis is going to be the best thing. I I mean, if you're not watching the, um, is it the Maximum Male Models just, uh, exclusive stuff on the internet, you're missing out on entertainment content. Uh, but I think twofold, it works very quickly. It gets him away from Gable, and it gets back to what Otis is great at, which is the gaga and the yittucky-tucky, and maybe him, we can't have Mandy, but a good substitute for a romance for Otis might be Maxine somehow, some way. Like I can see so many scenarios. You want to, you can just pop off and see so many things and like what they can do with Otis in general with 
just ridiculous clothing, trying to manicure him, him not eating steak anymore, and Mansoir and Monse getting upset that he's eating steak and, you know, looking like a Tasmanian devil. So much stuff you can do. I'm really excited for it. So I'm I'm hopeful for both of those things uh, because those things should definitely happen. And I think WrestleMania season is very exciting for the undercard in a lot of weird ways. And we said it pretty early on with the Maximum Male Models that this felt like more of a Raw act because on the two-hour show, they're not really going to get shine, and they haven't. But I think on Raw, you'll see more segments like that, and they'll definitely get their TV time. I am curious, I think, with Otis. I am a little sad, though, because I do love the Gable and Otis tag team. But, I mean, I, Chad's amazing. He'll, whatever they ask him to do, he'll do it again. Maybe Shorty G will come back. There's a bonus <laughs> hope. Don't call it a comeback. She was here for two minutes, gone, and then in the Rumble for about 30 seconds, and then gone. Chelsea Green is officially back in WWE. One of the worst-kept secrets, but I thought it was perfect uh, because she is uh, clearly busting out a Karen character. If you saw her promo with Adam Pierce on Raw asking for Swiss chocolates and uh, purified water, whatever it was, it just and I was like, I appreciate this because I think this is a this is a good heel character for the mid card. Um, it's a new face that I think that she can. She's not someone who's going to go out there and wrestle 15 minutes every week. It's going to be a lot more of these shorter segments, which I I think helps because I think in the women's division they have so many more of like the in ring talent now that they need more of that out of ring talent. And Chelsea Green's the perfect person to maybe like you need to get live a quick win that week. She just beats Chelsea Green. It doesn't hurt Chelsea Green. You know what I mean? So I think it's one of those and her. Her gimmick, she can act similarly to how Carmella did as a heel because, I mean, Carmella's still a heel, but it seems like they're making her more serious again, which I think is good. Uh, we'll talk about a few minutes, but I was I was happy to see Chelsea Green back because of this gimmick that they're trying because I'm like, you know what? This works. This works on a show like Monday Night Raw, and it's a way she'll get herself on TV every week and I think uh, help the whole roster. So Chelsea Green, you get my comeback. And of course, that means that people are going to be uh, conspiracy theorists and think that Matt Cardone is coming too, so who knows? So he doesn't need WWE. Anymore, no, God, honestly, no, no. It, it's there. He'll be honestly. He'll be back someday, but he doesn't need it right now. No, he's doing. He's him and and Hawkins. Uh, Hawkins. Ah, uh, uh, Kurt Hawkins. Excuse me. Uh, the, it's hard to say. Brian Myers. They're both doing great. Uh, they don't need anybody, especially with a uh, smart Mark Sterling. Face the facts. Uh, that was a great gimmick. Uh, that was so such a good gimmick. So uh, my comeback goes to get this. I can't believe I'm giving my comeback to Rick. Boogs. I was one or two days off from my, uh, my, I got four hopes right, not five. Rick Boogs uh, back. They made a big deal about his injury from WrestleMania. Obviously blew his quad and then he came back. Had a good showing against The Miz. A jobber alert for The Miz. I'm sorry, and I, I don't like putting The Miz in the jobber alert category, but he worked out He perfectly. was wearing a very nice suit. Yeah, he didn't want to damage that. You can't go more than A suit his wife bought suit. him, which he did, needed to say out loud. Yeah. Uh, which was great. Got good heat. Rick Boogs got a second, you know, uh, 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 a secondary segment afterwards, where they thought which was great too, which which will lead us into the finish. So overall, I'm excited. I mean, that was I, I'm always nervous about Boogs because I feel like he's a good uh, he's a good appetizer, he's a good piece on the side. So to see him back is great. I think he has a lot of likable qualities. So I think like him looking like a discount Undertaker or not disc, a discount Ultimate Warrior with those tassels, I guess is probably the best way to describe it. But it's just, I, I, I'm in. I'm in on the Boogs. I'm excited to see him. I almost gave it to Carmella, but we'll talk more about it in the, the finish here. But uh, I'm excited to see all these people coming back. Quick follow-up though on Boogs because I I, did, I thought his moment last year at WrestleMania that was like a, supposed to be a big maker moment for him and Nakamura as a tag team. Now I'm glad that they were playing us to remind it like this is the last time we saw him. But I... I just don't know where he fits as a single star if he's there. Like, I think, like you said, he's the perfect side piece to an act. Um, but it just, like, I worry about him on his own. Obviously, there's something there with him and Elias that they can do, which will be a good program. But beyond that, I don't know 
how high the upside goes. I think he's someone that always will have a spot on TV because he's good, but I do think that he's more of like a side piece to a very good act. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'll be proven wrong because he definitely he looks the part. He's huge. I think he's he, huge, boogs. But it's just I just don't know how high he goes as a. Same I think player. I think not being with Nakamura will hurt him because it's so well, it's such a. Slam they, I mean, they had such a good thing going, and now he's away from Pat McAfee too. Right, and I think that's the hard <laughs> that's a hard pill to swallow for him. I tend to agree there's not a big ceiling for him, but I think he can find a way to be entertaining, and I think that's what they're going to they're gonna use him. They're going to use him to be entertaining. He's good. He's He looks good. You know what I mean? So I think that's what they're, they're, they're focused on. A Monday Night Raw, not necessarily a bad wrestling show. There's plenty of good wrestling on it, but I don't think they focus more on wrestling. They focus on characters. So yeah. I feel like he's a decent enough character to be just fine. All right. Well, we're uh, in the big old finish now. One, two, three. Let's uh, rip through SmackDown and Raw here because we do have to get to Vengeance Day predictions at oh, the end shit. of the show. Uh, <laughs> SmackDown has two title or a, a tag team final match between Imperium and Strowman and Ricochet. I think Strowman and Ricochet are going to win. How about you? I think Imperium seems like the natural order of things. I will say Imperium because I feel like I want I want them all draped in gold. Yeah, I don't think that they're winning, though. So I think Braun Ricochet feed the babies to the Usos. We also have a women's title match between Charlotte and Sonya. Ah, uh, Charlotte's going to win. Charlotte? Yeah, duh. Moving on. On Raw, we have a steel cage match between Becky Lynch and Bayley. Um, I feel like Becky has to win if this is the end. If it's not the end, then Bayley will probably win. So I don't fucking know. Steel cages are supposed to end feuds, folks. They're supposed to. Keyword. Yeah. I think Becky, win Becky wins big. Yeah, they suck. Uh, we have uh, some Elimination Chamber qualifiers. We'll start with the woman. A fatal four-way for the fifth spot between Candice LeRae, Piper Niven, Michin, and Carmella Nestlemania. Who you got? They went out of their way to be excited for Carmella. They gave her a promo. It's Carmella. I think Carmella's going to get screwed. I actually think that, judging by the trend of the men's, I think Piper Niven's going to get in here and uh, get kind of a showcase match at the Chamber. We also have two elimination qualifiers. As you mentioned, the Street Profits each getting a shot. We have Montez Ford versus Elias and Angelo Dawkins versus Damian Priest. I think the obvious choices are Ford and Priest. We could get some swerves, though, in WrestleMania. I wouldn't mind seeing Ford and Dawkins in the match because then maybe you finally get them going at each other, but... For the purposes of the show, I will pick Ford and Priest. I think Ford and Priest is the safe pick. The safe yeah. pick. I think I would love to see Dawkins win and Montez lose. I that know that would be interesting. That would, so I think that's where the nibble is for me. That's where I go, okay, mm -hmm. like we know foregone conclusion. We know Tez is a big fucking star someday. We get that. We we completely understand that. But watching him on the side, the problem is, is I think because they're shooting a reality show, he can't be a heel, right? He, I mean, but maybe he can't because the Miz and Mrs. is their heel. So who knows? It doesn't really matter. Well, the I, Miz and Mrs. chemistry is just, I don't think anyone can match that because they're no. both so goofy that it's just like, they're just likable in that show. Right, and I think that's the issue going forward is like, you love Bianca and it's like, so Montez has to be likable too. So it's just, it's hard when, when you pull the, yeah, absolutely. When you pull back the curtain on that kayfabe stuff, it's it's tough. But I would rather see Hawkins, Dawkins, excuse me, I can't talk today. You got Doc, on the mind. Yeah, exactly. Face the facts. Face the facts. So I, I, I would say it would be interesting to see Montez stew on the sidelines for sure. That would be interesting, but I doubt they keep him out no. of that match. Uh, but we and then, uh, we do have AEW to talk about before we get to NXT. They have a, a pretty big card. We have a TNT title match, no holds barred, between Samoa Joe and Darby Allin. Does Samoa Joe get it back? <sighs> I hope that not. Would be, it'd be kind of dumb, but I feel like this would be a good statement win for Darby. But here's what I actually think happens. Wardlow returns, costs Samoa Joe, sets up their match at Revolution or wherever it is, and then Darby goes on his happy way. Okay, I, I, I buy that 100%. Because uh, I don't think also, I, I don't think Tony could book anything better. <laughs> no, uh, we have the acclaimed in action. That's all it said. So we can skip right over that. We have Brian Danielson take on Timothy Thatcher, who I just 
I know he's a, he's a first team all Guthrie, but that guy, you want to talk about boring. Yep. I just, I, I, I love wrestling. I really do. I love chain wrestling. That's great. But you got to give me more. This one is, this one seems like a masturbatory attempt. Like it just, it just seems like watch me wrestle. It, it really does. I, I agree. No, I agree. This whole Daniel Bryan storyline has been, except for the Brian Cage one, which is why I liked it. Speaking of Brian Cage, he's taken on Konechki Takashita. Nope, nope. It's it. Takeshita. Takeshita. I Takeshita. can't. Like I literally physically cannot look say at his name first. and see Ta. Yeah. Keshta. The problem is, uh, when I write it, I write it like uh, Jericho says it or whoever, yeah. where he calls him take a shitta, and that's what's stuck in my head. So no, blame Jericho, but he's gonna beat Brian Cage. But I, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a closet Brian Cage fan, so I hope he wins. I mean, Takeshna is he? They're they're booking him like he's a big fucking deal, so I imagine he wins. Yeah, I think so too. We also have the is this the trilogy match between Hangman and Moxley? I believe it is. I believe it is. Yeah. So uh, who do you think? I think Hangman wins. I feel like. I think Hangman has to win. Hangman has, Hangman has more of a storyline than Moxley. Moxley deserves yeah. some time off, right? So let's, yeah, but he let's, doesn't take it. He's a fucking... He's psycho. a lunatic. He's a, he's a yeah. lunatic... A lunatic fringe. fringe. But no, I, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. In the last match, I saved the best for last. It is the TBS title match between Jade Cargill and Cargill. Red Velvet uh, in a, a uh, baddie versus former baddie match. Obviously, Jade's going to Cargill. Win. This would be her 50th win. Big 50. Big 50. All right, 5-0. Let's move on. Uh, on NXT tonight, uh, we're going to get to Vengeance Day in a moment, but tonight on Tuesday, we have four matches that I know of. We have the Creeds versus Indusure finally taking each other on. Indusure better beat them. Yeah, I feel like the Creeds are going to win, though, because I feel like they're building them back up, but who knows? Uh, we have the debut of my girl from NXT UK, Stevie Turner, baby. Cool. Well, if you don't like Stevie Turner, you're a moron. I she's just want to awesome. see her. I just haven't seen her yet. You're I got to see her. her. She's awesome. Cool. Uh, and then we have another women's match between Cora Jade and Lyra Valkyra. I think that's how you see it. Well, I think Valkyra is going to win because uh, yeah, she's Cora new. doesn't need wins. Yeah. She's, she's just great. Complaining is great for her. Yeah. And then we have a a, stipula- or a, a a match that has big things for Saturday where the winner of this um Jeez, I can't even speak. The winner of this match joins the tag title match on Saturday. It is between the Schism and Anofe and Blade and Chase U, a triple threat match. I feel like Chase U wins. I feel like they don't because they're kind of like building them up as losers. And who knows? Maybe that's why. But I think you put the Schism in here just to make it wrestle porn. Uh, and then you <laughs> actually have the New Day taking on three former NXT UK uh, champions, which is pretty cool, too. So speaking of, we'll start with that match at NXT Vengeance Day predictions. This Saturday, a fatal four-way tag team match, the NXT Tag Team Championship, the New Day of Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, which... It'll be interesting to see if uh, Kofi is cleared because he clearly got injured in his botched spot at the Rumble, like third year in the row botching his spot. It's getting kind of sad at this point. They defend against Gallus of Mark Coffey and Wolgain, pretty deadly of Elton Prince and Kit Wilson, and the winner of that triple threat match we just talked about. Uh, I think a fatal four-way is the easy way for the New Day to retain, assuming that they're cleared, but I wouldn't be surprised if one of these NXT UK teams got the titles on WrestleMania, but I'll I, pick New Day. All right, you're going to pick New Day. I'm going to pick Gallus because my heart says pretty deadly. Like, I want Pretty Deadly to win, but I feel like Gallus is in there for a reason. So I'm going to think Gallus yeah. is there because they're, they're, they're a serious tag Whoa. team. And if you think Gallus versus the Creeds isn't going to bang, like, you know, yeah, that's that's why that's I what they're headed towards. So I feel like yeah. you got to look at the heels on this. And I feel like the schism would be great, too, as a, as a wild card, I think. But I think, you know, Gallus, I love that. That's one of my favorite tag teams. Yeah, so I think I think I think we're getting new champions, but I think that it's probably going to be Gallus. 
Yeah, I think I just I I don't know. I I'm gonna stick with New Day, but I think it's I think Gallus would be the team to pick. If not, we have uh, five other matches on this card, including a tag team match for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships, where Kanan and Katana, who I think are the longest tenured champs now, defend against the new team of Fallon Henley and Kiana James, who will be uh, have Briggs and Jensen with them at WrestleMania. Who you got? I feel like the chance and Carter thing seems like a layup. But it I'm, seems like a layup, but, but I feel I, like this Henley Kiana thing is intriguing. Right. They and can I can easily blow it up, but it's like them kind of as like the don't like each other tag team doing it for Brooks is kind of, I, I like the storyline. I think that's the issue is I don't have a story with Carter and Chance. I don't, I mean, besides yeah. that random person filming them for something. So I feel like I'm going to pick Fallon Henley and Kiana because I feel like there's a story that has to be on TV every week. These tag titles don't necessarily need to be on TV with those two, so I feel like why not? Let's give them a shot. I like the pick, but I'm gonna stick with Katana and Caden because I think they're gonna go the route of blowing it up. But I, I honestly, I if I if I was booking this, I'd have Henley and James win and like a surprise win or something. But for the purposes of the show, I'll pick Chance and Carter. We have a two out of three falls match in WrestleMania between Apollo Cruz and Carmelo Hayes. Will be flanked by Trick Williams. Melo don't miss baby, so give me Melo in this one. Uh, I just want to make sure that uh, I want to make sure that this was said. Carmelo and and Apollo were not added to the uh, thing, so give me a second because TJ was busy. He's been busy, so I'll, I'll I'll help him out there. You said Carmelo. I will also pick my boy Melo because I feel like he's next in line to beat him. Yeah, and you don't miss. Uh, so then we have three more matches. We have a singles match for the NXT North American Championship. Wesley defends against DiJack. Man, I don't know how they sell you on Wesley beating DiJack clean. So I feel like DiJack will be the pick. But I also, I still feel like there might be some Tony Schmaz in here because that's unfinished business. So, oh man, I guess I'm picking Wesley and Retain Mania. Wow, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I feel like this one should be DiJack, but I'll take Wesley. Wow, you're picking Wesley. I did not expect yeah. you to do that. I don't feel good about it. This was the hardest one on the card. Okay, that's fine. Totally okay. I'm thinking. I I got I got to move some mountains here in the end of uh, right wire to wire. So I'm just out of. I'm gonna go broke. So I, I got to go for it. I'm picking Dijak. Interesting. Yeah, like I said, I think he's he'd be the favorite. But we have two more matches left, including a triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship. Roxanne Perez defends against Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. As much as I would love to see a lay cool thing with Dolan and Jane, and they could do that down the line. Roxanne just got that thing. She's on top of the world. Just took it in the rundle. Uh, the rumble. Uh, it doesn't feel like she's getting called up yet, so I'm taking Roxanne to retain. But man, uh, they're just a little tempting that it could we have, could have a lake cool thing with both of them being champion would be cool. But it would be cool, but I don't think that's going to be happening. And I think that uh, Roxy's doing so great work, so Rocky Roxy has to ha, ha, has to win. Excuse me. Oof. Wow. Then we get to the main event, a steel cage match for the NXT Championship. I hate steel cage matches with a passion, but just knowing Grayson Waller could walk out a door to win the NXT title. That is the only time in the history where I'm like, that kind of tracks. Uh, so that I think the hope is out there. But man, going into WrestleMania season, it is really hard to see Braun Breaker losing the title in the pay-per-view before it. So come on, you coward. Do it. No, my I want I want Grayson to win, but Braun's the pick. Like I just Oh, come on. Man. Everybody okay, else I mean, in the Jabinocker picked him. Waller. Because yeah, he's winning. But I want I pick Breaker. I'm picking Breaker because yeah, I'm picking Breaker too. It's he's gonna stupid win. Stupid to not pick him. Yeah. I want Waller so bad, though. But you know what? I'm picking with my mind, not my heart with this one. Or your pee-pee. All right, on that note, anything else you want to talk about or we're done? I think we're done. We've gone long enough. Yeah, we've gone way too fucking long. All right, on that note, thank you for listening to the Jobberknocker podcast. We'll be back next week.
with more Jobber Knockery. Whoa! 